It is not a male dominated sport. We have, we've got a lot of ladies just in Havasu. You know, there's so many girls from around the world that will kick these guys' butts. You know what I mean? Welcome to the Movable Podcast, where we interview using education, movement, and play from around the world. Here's your host, my daddy, Brian Lane. You are someone, obviously, who has built a career off of movement, being a professional athlete, a professional jet skier at times, and now you still are active. Uh, obviously, I see you wearing your <laughs> mountain bike helmet and gear on. And you said you're out in the, were you out in the desert riding? Uh, no, I was you? just local here, but I was just, you know, kind of losing track of time. Um, these they, at the, these days right now, it's easy to do, you know, so, uh, man, it's just, it's so weird. It's just, it's, uh. Um, I mean, our lives, everyone's lives are changing. You know, I mean, you know, I put on the, the I put on events here in, in San Diego. Um, and if I didn't do that, you know, like our life would be, it'd be fine. Like we could, but you know, when we're, you know, gathering people together and now they're not letting us do that is, mm. is, is really hard, you know, Yeah. when you have sponsors and you have all these other people to, you know. But everyone understands that's one good thing. It's it's not like, you know, it's just, you know, it's affecting everybody and everybody's trying to make, you know, changes to to hopefully they'll, you know, the right, you know, to make it, you know, get through it, you know, and not just, mm-hmm. you know, start chopping sponsorships and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody understands we're all in a tough spot with that and people are trying to do what they can to help out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So first thing I wanted to ask you was, what was life like growing up in Alaska? I remember when I was a kid and I found that out, I was like, whoa, I had never heard of anyone that had lived in Alaska. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is, um, um, a lot of people don't know that, but a lot of people do. Cause I mean, I, it's, it's kind of a good story. It's a really good story. You know, you know, a kid coming from Alaska straight out of high school, um, not really, you know, knowing what he what I wanted to do but mm-hmm. you know not sure what I could do yeah so it was it, it it's it's a it's a great story but growing up there you're you're pretty sheltered meaning hmm. that you, you know you don't really know you know what's really going on you know it's like you paint a picture you see people in magazines and you see people on TV and and you think like oh my god these are like you know these are different people because you know, they're in, they're in the magazines, they're you know, yeah. on TV or, or whatever. But really at the end of the day, they're the same person that you are, you know? <laughs> yep. and, and really the, the whole, you know, I think by growing up in another state that things are a little harder to get or, you know, <laughs> to, to, to be able to, uh, you know, learn stuff or, or whatnot actually helps a guy, a person that, you know, is driven to, to be, you know, the best at a sport, you mm-hmm. know, so it, it does give us, gives you a little bit more drive, hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, gave me more ambition because, you know, I was pretty intimidated, you know, you know, in the very beginning, because you're just like, you don't really know where you fit in, you know, yeah. but, you know, once the helmet goes on and you start racing and, 
you know, you start building respect, you know, by winning and you're or doing quite well, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, things start to change. And that's crazy too. Like you don't hear of a professional jet skier growing up in Alaska. I mean, you just think Alaska, like, oh, they got snow all the time and it's cold. You would never imagine. Yeah. You, you would picture a snowboarder maybe, but. Yeah, yeah. You ride snowmobiles or you, you know, you, uh, you ski and that's really, that's what comes, you know, comes from there. But, mm. you know, um, growing up in Alaska, you know, I, again, like I had so much fun in my high school, you know, era there that I wouldn't change that for anything to say to grow up in Southern California. And I mean, everybody thinks just cause, you know, back in the day, you know, with the, you know, the bleach tear or whatever <laughs> that, you know, that I was just a, a San Diego kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I grew up, I, I didn't, I was born and raised in Alaska <laughs> and uh, yeah, loved every minute of it. Love, you know, just love the whole cult- culture of Alaska. Love the, the people that are there. <clears throat> you know, I still have a lot of really close friends too. Do you still go back there? You know, I took my, my family there, um, two, um, two Julys ago. So, Okay. We went up there for the 4th of July and we had, we had, we had a, like the best holiday we've ever been on. Hmm. So That's it cool. was, it was a blast and I hadn't been there in like 17 or 18 years. So wow. it was a, a big change. Yeah, I'm sure. So where did jet skiing fit in there then? How did you end up finding that? You know, I, I mean, a friend, like I had a really close friend that had, he was an older an older uh, Steve Diptula, and mm. he he was um, he was kind of like my he was I'd be I would say he's like my mentor, you okay. know he's an, he's an older guy he's seventy five now, okay. um, and our our families were friends but he always had you know snowmobiles and jet skis and hmm. you know cars and all the stuff that I was really um, attracted to, mm-hmm. um, and he actually you know I bought my first jet ski used from him i don't i actually begged him to sell it to me and he sold it to me for a really cheap deal (laughs) and uh you know so anyways i got it that summer the end of that summer is when my friend and i um pat crab um was coming to the world jet ski finals in 1986 okay and so we got in a van together and went on a little one month tour of california and mm-hmm. we ended our trip in um, Lake Havasu. Oh, okay. Wow, that's watched, a long trip. And watched the 1986 World Jet Ski Finals. <laughs> we drove nice. down from there eating bologna sandwiches and, you know, <laughs> whatever we could get our hands on yeah. um, with a really, really, really tight budget. I mean, we were in a van with two jet skis, um, two bikes, and we were sleeping in the van and just, you know, just being, you know, I mean, he, I was, I was 18. He was 22 or three. He was a little bit older than I was. Um, we were just, we were just, just kids driving around (laughs) looking for fun. Um, (laughs) and then I ended up, I ended up, um, um, my parents in the meantime sold their house there. It was for sale before we left and I had no real, real reason to go back. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stay down here and, you know, try to, I don't know, do whatever. Yeah. I had no idea, no direction. So that one year was, was kind of scary because, you know, out of high school, 
in Arizona at the time, you know, by myself for the most part. Um, yeah. Not really knowing where to go, what to do. Uh, and I knew I loved jet skis. So I started, I started to, uh, just get around people that were in that area and, um, met some, met some shops and started working at a shop and then, um, started racing jet skis. Hmm. And it just, it just started clicking, man. It was just like, it was like I hit it at the right time. Like timing is, is really important for everything you do in life, you know? Hmm. And uh, I, I don't think I could have got into the sport any sooner or any later that window was just like right like like you know i couldn't have been at a perfect time yeah and you ended up getting what rookie of the year i uh well i did my first year i i just raced like i raced beginner and then i raced not or i novice yeah i was novice and then i went from uh novice to expert like in the same year and uh did pretty decent and then the following year is when I actually was able to, to race the whole series, you know, the national series, um, as an expert. So okay. that's when I got, I think I got the rookie of the year and, and I ended up winning the expert national title and world title. So, you know, back then it was kind of like you did, you know, everyone did like a novice full year or maybe a couple years of novice and then a full couple years of expert. Um, mm. but I did a half a year of novice and then a full year of expert and then a right into the pro pro classes. So wow. I was, I was literally like got right into it really quick. Mm. You know, there was, there was no like, you know, nowadays if you, I don't know if you watch motocross or whatnot, but like, you know, guys, there's yeah. guys in the 250 class that is, you know, the, the lights class or whatever you want to call it that, that are there for three or four or five years, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And before they go into the, the big class. So yeah, I was literally got straight into it. And then my first sponsor was, you know, from Michigan and they were, that was Butch's jet ski shop. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember so that. once, once I got into there, it was, I was like, wow, man, I'm here, you know, I'm in, I'm in the big show. So yeah. Um, yeah. um but yeah, it, it's, it's pretty strange to, um, <clears throat> Yeah, to come from Alaska and go go through the ropes, um, you know, especially in the sport of jet skiing, because it's just known of a, you know, as of as of a, you know, a summary sort of state sort of yep. recreation. <laughs> so where did the leg drag come in then? Because that's something I love trying to do on a stand up, and that's only because I used to watch you do it, and I. I think it's fun to do, but I can't imagine using it in a race as often as you did. I mean, you yeah. use it all the time. You know, these days with the, the skis that are going on today, it's a lot harder to do it. So, you know, with the 440s and 550s, it was, you know. Lean it right over. Yeah, you could you could lean it over and, you know, it, it was really effective for me. And there was a few other people that, you know, ended up being, uh, you know, as effective for them. But, mm -hmm. you know, for me, like it just. I saw somebody do it and then I just started doing it. And then it just like, was like second nature. Like mm -hmm. there's times when I'm sticking my leg out there that I don't even really realize that I'm doing it. You know, it's just <laughs> like, it was just like one motion. It was just like, you know, you just did it. You yep. know, my foot nowadays is, you know, really feels it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, meaning yeah, that's a lot of footwork. Yeah. I mean, my left foot, like I have, I have, uh, 
you know, it's, it's sometimes, I mean, I'm 53 now, so, um, you know, I mean, I, you know, older, I'm older, so, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, I will have arthritis in that foot <laughs> at some point, I'm sure. Did you only do it on right-hand turns then? Uh, only left-hand turns. Oh, so you're talking about your left foot being in the water? Yeah. I see. Okay. So, um, but like, yeah, leg turns, leg drag was, you know, you know, for 440, you know, mm-hmm. it, it definitely would tire you out. But I think once, once you, as you, if you did it as much as I did, then, you know, it would, it just became second nature. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was, I, I think at times I had a, had a, you know, you know, like when we had left or right handed courses, you know, mm-hmm. I would have a, I would have a big advantage because I could turn right really, really good. And then I could turn left just as good where some guys could only turn left really good. And then their right hand turns weren't, weren't as good. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And that Jeff Jacobs, he was prime example of that. You know, he, you know, he could, he could turn okay to the right, but you know, his, his dominant side was his left side. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how we all have that too. Yeah. All right. So that brings me to my next question about training then. So what, what did you used to do for training and what do you do now when you train for a race? Cause I know now you, you race mountain bikes, right? Yeah. So, um, it's a good question. You know, I mean, I actually, you know, I was one of the first guys to mountain bike, like within the sport of jet ski, you know, like mm-hmm. I think I had my, one of my, you know, when we, when my friend and I, Pat Crab, came down here, I had a one of the first ever mountain bikes made, and it was called a Sierra High Sierra from Schwinn, and that was really? like, that was one of the first mountain bikes that were actually made. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, cool. It was it was not the first, but it was it was it was definitely part of that. You know, the movement of when mountain bikes started coming into play. Mm-hmm. Um, was specialized and, and whatnot. But, you know, I, I started mountain biking. I always had mountain biking within my, my training regiment of jet skiing, mm-hmm. always. And, uh, and so that kind of leads me into what I'm, you know, with, when I started racing mountain bikes in 2013, you know, I kind of came straight in and started winning my, you know, my class. You know, mm-hmm. obviously it's that they, they put you in classes of your age categories of five-year okay. increments and I, I won my my first national title in in those classes nice. um, my first year <laughs> but it's people were like hey what's this this you know what's this guy can't just come in and start winning these, these races but yeah. it's, it's where i'm going with this is i start i started in 19 way back in 1986 riding a mountain bike so mm-hmm. you know i i've been on mountain bikes for for many many years just not racing them yeah and riding a dirt bike too, right? I mean, you're a very avid motocross guy, right? Yeah, not so much anymore. I mean, okay. I think the mountain bike has kind of has have has filled that void. Um, you know, I I was hurt I was hurt more on a motorcycle than ever on a jet ski. I was hmm. hurt more on a motorcycle than any other, um, uh, you know, yeah. sport that I was involved with, hmm. other than a snowmobile. <laughs> Okay. For snowcross, but um, yeah, um, motocross, motocross is is a is a tough sport, man. It's a lot of fun, um, but man, it 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 is taxing. If you if you're not if you're not riding, you know, two or three times a week at least, 
or at least mm-hmm. once a week, you know, you, you start to lose your confidence and, you know, that's when you can get hurt really easy. Yeah, I can imagine. So obviously you lead a very active lifestyle, but how, how does that work with your family? Is that a passion of yours as a family? Is it tougher to get your kids to go outside and do stuff or how, how is it at home? I think, I think it's tough for even if your kids are active and my kids, you know, I have, I have two girls, one does volleyball and one does cheer. Okay. Um, so they're pretty active, you know, where my daughter that does cheer, she does flips and, you know, and she's stays really, really, you know, um, she gets, she does a lot of practicing and stuff. So they're both mm-hmm. really, really active, but man, it's still tough to get them outside and, and to ride bikes or, you know, yep. or to go on hikes. You know, we basically, we, we, every day we take them, you know, especially with what's going on, you know, as of right now with, with mm-hmm. everything else shut down. I and mean, we've been staying home, but we've been staying active within a, you know, yeah. within, be, between, within us. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's so hard getting them outside. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm sure. You'll, you'll, you'll encounter that. You'll think, you know, like, I, I'm like, hey, man, I'm a pretty cool dad, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, we got we got them nice bikes and we got plenty of bikes and you know, they we let them ride the e-bikes and you know, and we mm-hmm. ride the regular bikes and you yep. know, and, and it's like I'm like, man, this isn't right, man. You guys, you know, you don't know how lucky you are, but Oh, I know. You know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, they they, you know, they'll come around. They're just kids, really. Mm-hmm. But we do we do live a pretty active life. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how things have changed like that. Cause I remember when I was little, we would get our BMX bikes out and make jumps out of tree roots or stone piles or anything we could find and just be riding all day long. Yeah. And now, same thing. I have a four year old, but he, he has a little electric four wheeler and then he has an actual bike too with training wheels on it. But he would much prefer to sit on something and let it drive itself than yeah, uh, do yeah. the pedaling himself. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, uh, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I don't want to be the guy like I, you know, fight it or whatever because, you know, it's just, it's just the way things are nowadays, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I, I, when I look at kids and they're just all on their phones, you know, I, I have like, we take the phones away from the kids. Um, okay. For, you know, a lot of times, you know, there are times when we let them, let it go, but, um, for the most part, we, we try and keep, you know, you know, that, you know, to a minimum, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, getting them on bikes and getting them outside. It's, it seems harder than it was when, when we were kids. Yeah. And I think it's because of those things you just said, phones and computers and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a distraction for everybody, but that, that stuff can just take over if you let it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I got a random, random question for you. And I, I'm not sure how often you get asked this, but I wanted to know what was it like riding in the rapids with vanilla ice? <laughs> I know that was a long time ago, but still. Yeah, that um, that was uh, that was uh, that was a blast. I mean, it was yeah. it was literally. I mean, Discovery Channel before Discovery Channel is what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were, it was a pretty tight uh, budget. I mean, cause we camped out and we went to, you know, went up the river and actually we went 
we rode up the river and then we were done. We didn't ride down the river. We just ride, we rode up and then we'd mm-hmm. ride little sections and then we would, you know, that was, that was it. But, um, the whole idea was to ride up, make a, make a story about riding up the new river gorge is what it was, I think. Hmm. But having, you know, knowing Vanilla Ice prior to that, it wasn't like we just had met, you know, like we, yeah. we known each other for years. Um, it was, it was a blast. Like <laughs> he's a, I mean, he's, he's just one of those guys that you can just, I have the best time when I'm, whenever I'm with Vanilla Ice, like I have the best time. Yeah. He's just a fun <laughs> character guy that just, you know, he wants to have a good time. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, one, uh, I guess a personal question I wanted to ask you, not personal, but it's something that I always wonder about. When I first started racing jet skis, I had the toughest time whenever I would get in the lead, I would just like panic. I'd get nervous and then that would lead to me wiping out. And then I'd get back up and I'd battle to try to get back in the lead again. Then I'd get back in the lead. Same thing. Repeat that process over and over. But throughout high school and in college, I ended up being a basketball player and it had the exact opposite opposite effect on me where in basketball if i got nervous or if i had adrenaline pumping i would play much better but for some reason with jet skiing it was the opposite so i was wondering if you had any secrets with a you know like mental composure and focus when you race because it's a different kind of sport it's an individual sport first of all but there's something different about it yeah um yeah that's you know i never um i know what you're thinking like you know there there are times like I think for me, like later in the races when I would get more nervous, you know, when you're, when you're like, okay, you can see the finish line, but you know, you got Jeff Jacobs on your tail and, you know, and he was like, the guy would never give up. Like he, (laughs) like he was, he was relentless. Like when, so when you knew he was coming, Mm -hmm. you knew you better, you better go pretty doggone good, you know? So my, you know, I'd always go as hard as I could from the get go and then, you know, you know, whether or not, you know, start to slow down or whatever. Um, mm. But yeah, I never, I mean, I, I think I just always tried my hardest to just to go forward and not, you know, worry about who was behind me. Yep. Um, but man, I think that that's a, that's a big part of it is just, you know, looking around that that's kind of a, uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, how do you want, I don't want to say that. Um, that's a good, uh, tool not to do i guess mm-hmm. that, that's not really explaining that very well but yeah, yeah definitely definitely as soon as you start looking around you do it more and then yep. you know you start riding behind you and you know if you can if you can you know focus forward and just you know trying to put down those laps you know mm-hmm. i think that that's you know your head is one of your biggest enemies you know with within racing you yep. know if if you can get past the mental side of things, you, you know, that's, that's way more than the physical part of, of racing. Yeah, you're right. I think that comes with, uh, years of experience too. I didn't yeah. race long enough to really get into that point. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. like with, you know, racing mountain bikes, you know, it's just, it's, it's different because, hmm. you know, you're, you're pretty much the engine, you know, there's like yep. a, you can't cheat like you could do a little cheating on a jet ski where you know you were you know maybe say you were a little fitter or your jet ski was a little faster like yep. you can you can you know you could go out and you know 
hold down some pretty fast laps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with a mountain bike, like if, if you, if you, if you miss out on some training or you, you're not doing this part right or that part, you know, getting enough hours in, you, you yeah, you, it doesn't, you can't cheat it. Like yeah. In some other sports. Yeah. That's a good point. I never would have thought of it that way. So do you want to talk about, you mentioned, you mentioned briefly about this, but you didn't say the name of it, but do you want to talk about the quick and dirty mountain bike racing that you're doing? That yeah. You're setting up? Um, yeah. Quick, quick story about that. Like, um, 2013, um, I, I had, you know, I, as I, I worked for like Thor motocross and they mm-hmm. were a sponsor of mine. It was parts unlimited. Um, okay. they, I worked for them for like seven or eight years. Um, the one day they came in after telling me I was, um, part of their family, you know, I'd mm-hmm. basically retire, you know, there, like you have security, you know, and this is my mm-hmm. first real job from jet skiing. Um, okay. I had a, I had a family at the time, two kids and, mm-hmm. you know, they basically, you know, let me go over the phone. <laughs> really? Wow. A, a company that tells you you're part of the family and then they let you go over the phone. And, oh, that's too bad. And just, you know, hey, we love you, but, you know, we're cutting back, we're cutting this, we're cutting that, you know, things are, you know, going bad. So really, yeah. you know, that, you know, I, I just told myself I never want to have that happen to me again. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, I did a couple yeah, other you're jobs. You're relying on someone else. Did a couple other jobs for other companies and then uh, started this quick and dirty thing, you know, on a limb, just, just on a, uh, uh, with a, with a buddy of mine, uh, Kurt Jensheimer. And Mm -hmm. he, um, he and I put it together in 2013 and, you know, we've been going strong ever since. Um, He, he, he left after about, you know, he left after the, we put, we had a schedule of five races. And he left okay. after the first three. <laughs> he wow. was like, he moved, he moved to Reno and he's like, I'm out of Southern California. So, Hey man, sorry, but you know, you can, you can handle this. And uh, yeah. I was like, okay. And he was more of the mountain biker. Like he knew, you know, he was more of a mountain biker than I was at the time. So I was mm-hmm. a little nervous, but um, you know, like we started it in 2013 and we've, we've grown it now to a, you know, a, a reputable, uh, you know, racing organization here in San Diego. We put on 12 races a year. Um, you know, we have oh, a wow. big, big list of sponsors. Specialized is one of our biggest, big sponsors. Um, Mazda is our biggest sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, Monster Energy, Hammer Nutrition. Um, I mean, we have a, you know, we yeah, have great sponsors. 15 sponsors. Um, okay. You know, starting from the top, going down. Um, mm. You know, we really couldn't do it without them. I mean, that's between them and just having, you know, a, you know, repeat customers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we had we have a, a great scene of mountain biking here that, you know, that didn't exist before we started doing it. You know, it was more like there was races, but there wasn't any consistent racing. And mm-hmm. you know, now we've built sort of a community of mountain bikers and mountain bike racing, and <laughs> the, the biggest. Our biggest initiative nowadays is getting kids on bikes, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's been our, our, a big goal for us. Yeah. And that's what we, you know, really hang our hat on is, you know, seeing these kids, you know, racing and, and coming back and really loving it. Yeah. How have you gone about that specifically trying to get kids on bikes? 
you're just talking through through promoting the race in general or the series in general or um just making a, a making things work for them you know making okay. making a, a course that that they enjoy riding on you know, okay. you know keeping it fun for them you know mm-hmm. you know making it to where it's not you know where it's more of you know with same with my kids you know they 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 don't want to go ride mountain bikes with me but hmm. if they had two or three of their friends Wow, yep. they're all they're they're into it. Yeah. So you know, if we can kind of you know build that sort of go off of that um, reasoning, you know, mm-hmm. and, and keep it fun and keep some friends in there, then we feel like it'll grow. And it's and it's grown. We 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 went from we went from I think one of in the beginning our you know our kids racing was pretty small. You know, twenty mm-hmm. kids. You know, and now it's like seventy kids. So oh. it's grown, it's grown into, you know, a big, big classes. Hmm. And that, that's, that's, you know, I mean, I get teared up when I see, you know, these kids just having a good time, hmm. you know, some of them are crying and they're, you know, they're out there and they're, you know, crying for, um, I wouldn't say crying, but screaming because yeah. they're having a good time or they're screaming because yeah. they're, they don't want to do this. And then, <laughs> then they, they're, they're happy that they did it, and, you know, so. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, conquering fears and yeah, it's it's uh yeah that's that's been my we we make very little you know we make zero money basically on having the kids race but having mm-hmm. them there and having their families out and you know it, I just it's something that I wish more people would do is is have kids competing and not you know doing video games. Yeah, I agree. Have you, do you have any plans of expanding that at all to any other areas in the country? Um, you know what we there are there has been you know talks of doing like a franchise thing, but it's mm-hmm. you know I you know I mean I'm not I'm not that um, interested you know I mean I would mm-hmm. be but I'm more be of a, a hand, I'm, I'm way more of a hands on guy than I am than I would say like a uh, a computer guy where, you know, I want to, you know, write this big, huge, uh, business plan or something, whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. like I like to, I like to just, I like to, you know, be in the trenches and, you know, doing a lot of the work. Yep. And, you know, a lot of times those are the guys that are not making all the money, you know, yeah. but <laughs> I'm not really, you know, it's, it's more of a passion for me than it is anything. The money, the money is just, it just, you know, hopefully it comes and we get to get what we, what we need. But, uh, you know, money doesn't drive me. It's more, more yeah. passions and doing, doing fun things. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, before we go, I figured I would try to do something fun here and I, I'm going to call it quick and dirty questions. So I'm going to give you a bunch of just a handful of questions where you can try to give me an answer quick. That first thing that pops to your head kind of thing. Okay. Right. I like it. All right. First one. Kawasaki or Yamaha? Kawasaki. Kawasaki. Is that across the board for uh, anything with an engine? Or, you know what I mean? Like a quad, dirt bike, jet ski? Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I like, I mean, Kawasaki, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm, whether or not the brand or whatever, it just, it feels home to me. Yeah. All right. Next one toughest person to race against and it can be jet skiing can be mountain biking jeff jacobs i had a feeling you'd say that (laughs) (laughs) 
out of, out of yeah. all the sports yeah. that I, that I've done, you know, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, obviously that was, you know, uh, that was my professional sport. I think, you know, all these other sports that I've, you know, picked up on along the way, you know, I still, you know, when people know, when people ask my name or, you know, like that's Victor Sheldon, it, it goes, it's not Victor Sheldon, the mountain biker or Victor Sheldon, the motocross guy. It's Victor Sheldon, the jet skier. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Jeff Jacobs, definitely. I mean, we, he was, yeah, he's a fierce competitor. Hmm. What about the, your favorite person to race against? Can't be Jeff Jacobs. You got to give up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite. That's interesting. Um, yeah, man, I never had any favorites cause they're always competitors. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I had some of my friends, my old friends were fun to race against, you know, but they're yep. friends. Um, yeah, some of my, you know, uh, but then again, you know, you want to, you want to beat your friends too. That's a good, that's a, that's a hard question. Yeah, I know. Um, cause, cause it, it could be your favorite because they were tough and you wanted to beat them all the time or it's your favorite cause who knows? I know you guys used to go to body beach all the time and ride there too. So that'd be a. A place where I would think you would ride with one of your favorite guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had I had a a lot of guys that you know that was like my training partners. So mm-hmm. uh, D L Wood, he was uh, you know back in the day we were we were good buddies. Um, mm-hmm. He would he would probably be one of you know a training friend and you know a competitor, but he was probably I would probably say him. Yeah. All right. Um, best race boat that you had. What was one of your favorite ones that you had when you were racing? Mm, you know, um, when I came back and won my last national championship was 1998 on a, basically a factory Kawasaki. Hmm. Um, I'd have to say that was probably, that was probably my, my most powerful ski I ever rode and, you know, the most work and dedication went into it. Um, mm-hmm. But 1992, my, my, my Butch's 750 was probably, you know, um, it was, let's see, I didn't give it a chance. I did not give, I did not want to race that jet ski. Like everybody, you know, they were just coming in, you know, and people were like, it's too big. It's too this. It's too that. And yeah. I let it, I literally like put it off to the side and was like, I don't want nothing to do with that thing. And the Butch's guys were like, come on, man, we built this thing. And, you know, they put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. And so a quick story is why I started racing 750s in 1992 was because I blew up my other 550s and I had no <laughs> nothing else to ride. Yeah, so, no other options. And that was the first race of the year in Long Beach, California. And I mm. ended up winning all three races. Wow. Because I won both modified races and I won, I think, the slalom as well. Um, hmm. So, but that was all on accident. That wasn't like I went into the race, you know, prepared with this 750 jet ski. I mean, I had ridden it a couple of times, but nothing, hmm. you know, I didn't know much about it. And I wasn't that great on it, but it was, you know, it was a little bit better than everybody else's jet skis. And that's yeah. it, gave me just that little little extra. Yep. So I'd probably say that I'd probably say the nineteen ninety two seven fifty Butch's jet ski. All right. Awesome. That's good to know. All right, next one. Your favorite place to race. 
favorite site to go to? Oceanside. Oh, okay. Yep, Oceanside. That was that was my first ever jet ski race. And mm-hmm. so I think and and I ended up winning the my first ever race as a novice. Um so I think I think that's that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, All right. I mean there are there are a lot nicer places like say Island Murata, you know, down in the Keys and stuff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And Lake Michigan was also a really a really fun place for me too. But I think, you know, racing in the ocean and is what's funny is I I I loved racing in the ocean is more than ever. But mm-hmm. I didn't win as much in the ocean as I <laughs> as I like to do it, which was really strange. Like I was like Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, I think Oceanside is is it just seemed it was always just so much fun. Yeah. Do you remember the races up here in Rochester? We had uh Hamlin Beach was one place, um another one, Charlotte Beach, which is where I'm at, but I think they called it maybe Ontario Beach when you were here. That was back in uh I wanna say between ninety nine and two thousand one, maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, a little bit. I know that I know when I was actually I think I was racing sit downs one year that we, oh, okay. we were in that area. But uh Yeah, you were on a Yamaha when you were here. Super mm, jet. Okay. Yeah, so um uh there was another place in nineteen eighty nine which is which was in um like uh geez, what was it called? It was in the ocean. It was a gnarly race. Gnarly. Oh yeah. Um but it was like it was pretty close to New York, but it was mm-hmm. Long Island. It was on Long Island. Oh, okay. So it was right off the pier there and everything. That was yeah. a, that was a really hard one too. I remember watching some of the Galveston races. Those ones were fun to watch just because of all the, the surf coming in and the chop and everything. Yeah, yeah. That seemed crazy. Uh, all right, last one. Favorite favorite hobby that's non-sports related or non-activity related? Favorite hobby? Yeah. Um, favorite hobby? <laughs> man i don't i don't have it's like everything i you know i'm pretty uh yeah. um probably you know riding many bikes in the backyard you know okay still i mean we still we still get to do that you yeah know, that's a that's a pretty fun hobby i think but you know it's really like you know that's that's the first thing that comes to mind mm-hmm. cool well thanks for taking the time out to sit down and talk with me i mean it's I don't want to sound too fangirlish here, but it's been it's been a dream of mine to talk to you again because I I met you once probably twenty years ago now, so it was cool to catch up again and talk. Yeah, well, thanks thanks so much for reaching out. You know, and like I said, you know, I mean, I I, I consider myself, you know, I, jet skiing what is what made is is what's made me the person I am today. I mm-hmm. owe, I owe a lot to the sport. Um, I wish that I could have maybe stayed in the sport, you know, to, to, uh, to teach people my experience, to, you know, just to, you know, to be involved with it. I love the sport a lot, but there was really no, there was really not many, there wasn't the directions I wanted to, it wasn't going in the direction I wanted to go. And I mm-hmm. didn't feel like I could be the one that could change it to go in the, the proper direction. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I, I love the sport of jet skiing, but you know, it's, it's such a past for me that, you know, I mean, I've, 
I've and I am not the kind of guy that lives in the past. I mean, I still got all these old pictures and stuff, and I mean, mm-hmm. they're just kind of like they're just they're. I mean, I don't sit there and look at them and be like, "Oh my, yeah. God, I want to be back in time." You know, I mean, I, I, you know, we just this doesn't life doesn't work like that. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, I had a blast, you know, doing it, and you know, it was a lot of fun, and it has I have some great memories from it. But you know, I definitely you know try to live in the the, the you know the whatever you want to call it the yeah, <laughs> live the in the now that you're in right now. Yeah. So. Um, yep. Well, it'll be interesting to see if the sport ever makes a comeback again. Yeah, it would. Back it to would, its heyday. It would be. It would be pretty cool. I know that these gray hairs are. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I. I actually, with with the beard little thing going on, it, I look a lot older than than what than what I normally look. But yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of it's uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Like I never have let it grow out like this, and it's kind of bugging me. But I'm like, I'm gonna try and just stay stay with it for a little while longer yeah i started doing that same thing as you i started letting it grow a little bit and then it got just to the point where it was driving me nuts because it was itchy all the time so then i just kept trimming it again yeah that's where i'm but, getting at right now but yeah well um yeah i mean thanks for reaching out you know and um, oh no problem you know um really appreciate you just kind of bringing some old memories up and yeah you know, talking about the sport i hope that the podcast goes well i hope that um you know, somebody, somebody listens to it. <laughs> yeah, and, I know. Uh, Hopefully, you know they uh, like what they hear. What I what what a what a what I've got going and what I'm doing. So, yep. um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate it, though. Thank you for taking this time out. Yeah, well, you're welcome, Brian. Um, All right. Stay in touch if you need, if some if you need something to uh, make this better. Let me know. All right. Awesome. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good night. All right. Stevie and Tara, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Uh, first, before we get into anything, um, let's start with Tara. Do you want to talk about some of your accomplishments in the jet skiing world? Sure. Um, there's there's a lot, but in the, in a nutshell, I have eight world championships. So that's kind of where, I mean, there was a lot along the way as far as national titles and uh, small titles here and there. But the overall is I have eight world championships and eight or nine nationals. I can't remember. It's been a long time. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. Stevie, how about you? I have one world title. Awesome. That's about it. And what year did you win that? 2018. Okay. And you guys say that so casually, like, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but that's huge, winning a world title. I don't care. Even if you don't come in first, just being there to compete is impressive. On a, on a side note, I only raced for probably four years from when I was 14 till I was 18. And I had an uncle who raced, and he we actually went to the world finals. He was in the expert class and raced there, but he got ran over during one of the hole shots and broke his tailbone, and that ended it for him. But we know as a family how how much it takes just in the expert class to qualify for the world finals and make it there. So the fact that you guys have been able to get there and win it is is awesome. So how did you guys first get started in riding and racing? Who wants who wants to go first with that? 
Okay, I'll dive in there for that one. So, <laughs> I was around first. So, um, you know, I grew up in Lake Havasu, and the finals are held in our hometown. So I kind of grew up around water sports anyway. And mm -hmm. I used to go as a younger kid and watch the races. And I didn't own a jet ski or anything. We used to go watch the races here and there. And then as I became a teenager, it started interesting more, me more and more. And uh, I remember going when I was, I was 15 and I watched it with my friends. And I re remember watching the pro women's class and watching Christy Carlson at the time, who was the, the current champion and uh, pretty much the overall, uh, she was the best of, of the sport yeah. uh, for women. And, um, and she, honestly, she didn't, she didn't look that fast. And, uh, you know, it was not till later on that I learned that she really was fast, like once I, once I started racing. But, um, yeah, so I watched, I watched the, the races and, um, you know, I was already really athletic, grew, grew up on dirt bikes and um, water sports and all that kind of stuff, like water skiing and all that kind of stuff. So um, it intrigued me and I, I knew that um, I was a natural on a dirt bike. So I thought I'd try to, you know, move it over to the jet ski scene. So, cool. Yeah. How was that? Was there any animosity between you and Christy Carlson when you first started or starting out? Were you guys bad? No, not, not at first because I was nowhere near her, uh, her you know, ability. But uh, as I kind of went through the experts, expert ranks, and um, I remember as I got faster and faster, she was getting more and more intimidated. Hmm. And sometimes like some of her sponsors didn't want me on the track at the same time as her and kind of weird stuff that I didn't quite understand because I was in a different frame, my uh, frame of mind, you know, I just, I was honored to be where, be with her on the track and she was maybe a little bit, you know, maybe a little intimidated I don't know, yeah. but, uh, you know, a little bit of fearful that I might, you know, stop her, her title. So, hmm. you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no animosity or anything like that. She was a she's a really good competitor and yeah, uh, cool. really good for the sport. Yeah, Stevie, how about you? So for me, I grew up on the Colorado River uh, okay. in Blythe, California. There's this like kind of like RV resort kind of thing called Lost Lake, and that's where I grew up. I lived in Lake Elsinore, California, till I was ten, but since I was born I was going out to Lost Lake to uh, ride the Colorado River do cove rides and that's where I first learned how to ride a stand-up jet ski I think I was six oh, and wow. my dad used to always come out to Lake Havasu City and party with his friends and whatnot so we we he ended up moving our family out here we got our first house and then Chris Steenbach from C57 Racing we met him and that's when I was like, he, or he, he just kind of got me into the racing sport. He threw me on a jet ski, said, wow, you're actually kind of good. Like, I want to work on your skis and whatnot. Let's throw you in a race, et cetera. That's when my, my so I raced my first race at, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Rotary Beach race. How old were you? I was probably 11. Really? 11? Wow. Yeah. Good for you. So. Yeah, I raced the juniors class on my 750. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. And then that's when my dad started racing, and then it became, like, a big bonding thing for us, too. And um, 
then it all just went from there. Hmm. It all progressed from there. So yeah, that's cool. And how old are you now? I'm 16. That's awesome that you're 16 and you have a career already in racing <laughs> and riding. That's cool. Was, was 11 as young as you could start legally racing? Uh, yeah, there's a 10 to 12. Oh, 10 to 12. Junior okay. class. So I'm pretty sure that's when you can start. So yeah. I probably was 10. Yeah. She was, was, she was, she was pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave yeah, it at that. Crazy. <laughs> but again, I mean, you had already been riding for what, four years then really? Where most yeah. kids haven't even, uh, didn't even know what a jet ski was when they were 11 years old. Yeah. But yeah. I was always so frustrated when I was younger because I started riding when I was like nine, I want to say. And legally in New York, at least, or in our region, you couldn't start racing until you were 16. And yeah. once I started getting older, I turned 14. And they said in a couple of years, they're going to make a new age bracket with, with it was going to be 14 to 16 year olds. So my uncle let me wear his helmet all his stuff when I was 14 and I started racing kind of illegally, I guess you could say at 14, <laughs> but loved it. I looked like a little tiny toddler on the jet ski compared to all the old guys, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm pumped that you were able to start that early because I don't see any reason why kids can't start when they're young, especially if they're racing against other kids. But, right. And it, it can, it can be a problem when, uh, these parents put their kids like little kids on really fast skis that can True. be an issue because we have that issue with some kids out here but um yeah as long as you you know crawl before you walk I feel like that's all that matters yeah I agree especially a sit down if you're gonna race a sit down and you're that tiny <laughs> that could be uh pretty dangerous we don't talk sit downs yeah um, so how is, how's your family life for both of you guys? Do you guys seem to have kind of an active lifestyle with your whole family or are each of you unique in that way where you guys are out and about all the time? Well, to be honest, like my son is right here. He's not into jet ski racing. He's, his thing is soccer. Like he went and played soccer early this morning. Um, it's just not really his jam. He's been on skis and he's been on dirt bikes and to be honest, he rips on both, but it's not his, uh, he's not really into the racing side. I don't know if I kind of burned him out on that really early because I remember when he was probably seven or eight, I got him a ski, you know, being okay. an excited parent. So <laughs> I think I kind of gave him a little bit too much horsepower in that ski to uh, start okay. off with. And I remember him yanking the throttle and being like, what the heck are you <laughs> doing, mom? And I was like, oh, really? Like, I, but anyway, but um, so we our bond is different. But we're we're active together. But as far as jet skiing goes, it's just you know he leaves that he leaves that to me. And then Stevie, I know that her and her dad, um, they both race together and they team up on a lot of uh, training and um, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So my dad and I, we mountain bike, we paddleboard, we we kind of do all the active stuff together. We're always outside. Uh, we live in a fifth wheel, so that's how you know we're really? outside a lot. Yeah, oh, that's we cool. are outside a lot. So, wow. um, yeah, so we love going to sleep, watching the sunset. You know, we're right on the water. So, is it just yeah, you? Do you have any siblings? Um, I have a 23 year old sister, but I've never lived with her. She's oh, okay. been with her mom, but now she's grown. <laughs> yeah, that's she's awesome though, now. living in a fifth wheel. So, you, yeah, you really I, love it though? I really do love it because I've got my own room. I've got my own bathroom. I've had my own space. That's all that really matters. If it was like kind of like a one bedroom thing, I would probably say like, nah, 
we got to go. But (laughs) we all got our own personal space. And yeah, it's really nice. And she's about a rock throw away from the beach. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <Is that> <laughs> yeah. How, how has school been for you, Stevie? Like trying to balance so, all this and school. Oh, it's, it's really easy. Honestly, I take school kind of like a grain of salt. I passed my junior year in high school with straight A's with two college classes done. Um, and I'll start to do more college classes, but yeah, I, it's pretty, it's yeah, easy that's for good. me. So how did you and Tara, how are you guys connected? Is it just be- through racing you guys became friends and now you're really close or? She's my idol. Yeah. <laughs> I can <laughs> see that. <laughs> I beat you at one race. I didn't mean I'm costed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I remember uh, just riding at Body Beach one day and I heard talk about this, this CV girl, this little blonde girl. Oh my gosh, she has writing style just like you. She like, reminds us. A lot of you, when you were growing up, just jumped on a jet ski and were kind of a natural. And um, I remember watching her at Body Beach, and it was true. Like, she had a unique style to her. So uh, so later on along the lines, she started racing, and she used to come and find me and say, Tara, Tara, and, and uh, tell me, you know, the good news about her training or about her race or what, what she was up to. And um, It's been really exciting to watch along the way. So. Yeah, and definitely a lot of fun to uh, ride and train with her too. Yeah, I remember. Cool. I remember. I think it was. I think I was eleven when I first moved here. Yeah, and we were down at Body Beach, and you gave me a stick, and you were like, "Hold it out right here and catch it, and do that, and don't stop. This will help you when you get off the line. Don't yeah, stop doing that." Yeah. yeah, and we sat there for about a half an hour, just dropping a stick and catching it. Wow. She was like, just. Yeah, so she definitely trained me from when I was a little huh. a little girl to who I am now. So That's cool. So you've been kind of like her coach along the way? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could spend more time on the water with her, but I uh you know, I haven't had a ski, you know, on like consistently throughout the year, so I've been real hit and miss with skis, skis come and go. But uh she's always been really hard at at training, so uh, but the world finals are coming up this year, so we're going to treat it a little bit different. So, okay. Yeah. Are those yeah. still happening? Yeah. It's so in October it's, usually, it's, right? It's scheduled. Mm. It is scheduled for the for 2020, so we'll see what happens. But uh, they did do a deal with Lake Havasu to tie in another 10 years of racing here. Okay, um, cool. You know, I mean, the world finals aren't what they used to be, but hey, a race is a race, and um, you know, it might be smaller this year if they do do it because there's not going to be much international. Yeah, you know, uh, commitment going on to yeah. to come here and compete, but you know, if hey, one thing could lead to another. So, yeah, I have two girls that from Lake Havasu that I really want to see, you know, be at the top of the podium, and, and yeah. she's one of them. Yeah, cool. Sure. Well, so not to get too personal, I guess, but I I remember when I was younger and we were racing more and more and more and getting into it more, we started to realize just how expensive it was to continue racing if you're not getting paid or sponsored or anything like that. And that was one of the reasons why our family started drifting away from it a little and just did it more for fun. So I'm always curious when I talk to people, how, how is it making a career out of a sport like, like jet skiing? Because it's not as popular as it used to be. But it's, I mean, obviously we all agree that it's amazing. It's awesome. But I know both of you guys work part-time or work 
outside of just jet skiing, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely changed since like, since I did it professionally, I was getting paid as a pro athlete. Um, it was my life. I mean, I lived for jet. I thought about it 24 seven and I guarantee that she thinks about it 24 seven, but she's not getting the paychecks. So it makes it harder nowadays. You know, we have all this talent, but we don't have the, the factory support like we used to. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for now, you just have to do it off a of passion. So you got to pick and choose your battles, which races you want to spend the money on, go home, work, train when you can. And, um, you know, there's some, there's some riders here in town, some racers that have the, um, that are, they're, that are financially to, mm. yeah, be financially kind of set to where they can just put all their, their time in a training and, um, you know, just go spend their money and go racing. But it's not like that for most of us in the world, huh? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, like I watched this girl, she goes to work, she goes to school and then she trains when she can. So she's training about, you know, just a a fraction of what some of the other riders are. And uh, that's what makes it so special is, you know, she puts in the work in all the categories and she goes out and, you know, gives it her on the, on the practice track. Yeah. yeah, for me, I definitely, I definitely rely on my sponsors for sure. If I don't have sponsors that year, then I most likely won't be racing. You know, hmm. I'm sure we can put in like a few, you know, nickels and a few dimes, but it, if you know, I, that's hard. It's hard to kind of respond to that because I've never been paid other than when I win. And like, I kind of had a deal with a sponsor of mine, you know, mm-hmm. gasket tech, they gave me a deal like, okay, you're at the top of the podium. If you wear this shirt, we'll give you some money. You know what I mean? I've had those types of opportunities, but nothing like, Oh, you know, even if you just win, we'll give you money, you know? So it's definitely changed because like when I raced, I, you know, before I stepped on the ski, I was already getting factory, you know, paychecks. So, yeah. but not until I earned it, not until I was already, you know, playing so many world titles and then, you know, then the paycheck started happening before I even stepped foot on the jet ski. So it's definitely different now, but, um, you know, the, the hard work hasn't changed. What I don't think most people think about too, is a, a sport like jet skiing. And I know there's others similar to it that we could compare it to, but when you're when you're racing, not only do you have to keep your body in good shape and have your body ready to go, but your boat, your ski, that has to be ready and in top peak performance each time as well. And that costs money too. So just the fact that you have to train your body and you have to make sure that your jet ski is perfect and ready to go, all of that stuff adds up, which makes it tougher and tougher for people like you to have a career and try to maintain this. What do you think needs to happen to for lack of a better term, make jet skiing great again to make it the sport that it used to be and get the notoriety and the recognition that it used to. What do you, what do you think needs a change? I think there needs to be better race, sec- like sink- sanctions, like uh, maybe more. Uh, what would you call that? You know how there's IJSBA, there's, Body. Yeah. yeah. So I think there needs to be more of those around the world for sure. Because, hmm. you know, you have one in like Austin, Texas, but like there's people in Georgia, you know, you never know. There's yeah. Yeah. people got a sectioning body uh, come in and we're able to round up sponsorship mm-hmm. uh, to give us some coverage because we all know that watching the racing is pretty good, but television or anything like that or um, any, any kind of live streaming type of uh, media would be 
would help. Yeah. So, but the racing is good, especially when you throw us in the surf. So there is some surf races here and there. Um, unfortunately, it's 2020, so we're going to just kind of blow out that seasonality. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, hopefully in 21, uh, we'll be able to do some uh, some more racing. Because in in my eyes, I mean, it's still a sport and it's huge in, in Europe right now. So overseas, it's what it, it's, it used to be like here. Not quite, but it, the yeah. racing is really good over there. They have a lot of good racers that are uh, able to put their heart and soul into it more so than we can because they have more support. So mm-hmm. if we were able to get that, we can definitely put Jessica in on the on the map again. Just be racing. Those surf um, races were so much fun. Yeah. And yeah, Florida Daytona like Beach. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I raced uh, Yukiko Kume in okay. Daytona Beach, Florida, and we were the only two people in the class. But you know what? It was probably the greatest races, like motos, you see out of any of the other classes. It really? was such a battle every single moto we never left each other's sides like it was like oh who's gonna oh are you gonna pass oh she's about to pass but she didn't you know it was Hmm. it was so much fun probably one of the greatest races i've ever raced cool yeah i mean i'm biased i guess being up by lake ontario i loved when everyone would race out here because on a saturday the lake might be crystal clear and calm and perfect and then on sunday we might have rolling waves coming in that's totally different so it was fun yeah, for me yeah. to see who could handle both. Because a lot I of times. Yep. Oh, yeah, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you never know what you're going to get. It. And if the, yep. afternoon, uh, if the wind picked up, then you got the, the big wind chop. And that was just as much of a, a strategy game as fighting the surf. You know, oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I know, at least the surf can. I mean, I guess I, I shouldn't say this because I've never ridden in the surf, but the surf seems like it would be a little more predictable than just the chop that you'd get on a, on a lake, but yeah, dude, know. nothing's like when the ferry comes by during world finals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, surf is definitely good. If you have surf knowledge, you can totally, oh, yeah. you know, and, yeah. you know, maybe a little bit of BMX and, and motocrosses can definitely help you <laughs> in the surf. So, yeah. 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 So that brings me to my next thing. What do you guys typically do to train then in the off season? I mean, right now is, I guess could be considered the off season, but just because of what's going yeah. on. Um, well, I'm older now, so I don't focus on jet ski racing very much. Okay. I do ride every now and then, but, uh, for instance, I actually did something today. I woke up, it was a little bit cooler in Lake Capsu. We had a little bit of rain this morning. So I went up and I ran for 30 minutes this morning and I usually follow it up with a little bit of swimming, but, um, because it rained, I decided to sit it out. And plus I swam yesterday. So I was okay. throwing a little bit of training here and there. Um, with COVID, like our gyms are closed and all that, just like, you know, whatever. Um, they're, they're open, they're closed, they're open. So yeah. that's not real, a real reliable source to be training right now. But we do have body picture. So, like, I've been riding skis here and there, just a little bit on the track, like, just a couple of times this summer so far because I've been working a lot. And mm. then what did, you, what did you do today, Stevie? Um, well, I did a at-home workout because I didn't want to go to the gym. Like a little bit hmm. training? A hit training? Yeah, yeah. I just did some like abs and like, you oh, know, some okay. push-ups and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, so did some lunges and whatnot. So yeah, I I, I have a, a gym that I go to. It's uh, my dad's friends. He's got this built-in gym that I go to every morning. Oh, and, okay. Um, I try to make it down to Body Beach when I can. I do probably at least twice a week at least. Oh, wow. And then... Yeah, I haven't really been 
doing too much of cardio lately. So other than jet skiing and those cove rides, those 23 mile cove rides, that is something <laughs> that I do. We have this new cove ride. cove ride. Yeah. So, um, my dad and his best friend, Bill Austin, they set up, like, we just started going on these cove rides and then everybody's like, Hey, like we want to join. And then, so we set up this Facebook page and we've got like 50 people in the Facebook page now that come with us on Wednesdays and Sundays. Because wow. Wednesday we go up river and then Sundays we go down river by Cactail Cove and stuff. And mm. yeah, there'll be like at least 25 people just like coming in and out of the cove. It's so sick. Wow, so yeah, that's cool. I do that every week as well. So Yeah, that's good for endurance then. Mm-hmm. Does Body Beach just always have buoys set up? Is that the way it works yes. there? Yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> it is nice. I I guess another t- funny kind of side note story. I remember when my when I was younger, my uncle was forty. I want to say when we went to Arizona for the World Finals, and uh, he knew about Body Beach somehow. So he took one of the stand ups there, and I wasn't there to see it. But he said he was like ripping around the buoys on the stand up, and Victor Sheldon cut inside of him and just whipped the tail of the stand up and wiped. My, I guess my uncle just fell off the jet ski, wiped out, and was all embarrassed, and then just left from there. But he was like, the guys were so fast there. They were just, it was like I was standing still. And it, it was just cool. I mean, I've, I've heard so many stories about Body Beach and how, how many people ride there and practice there. It sounds cool. Yeah, and it still brings a lot of the, the old timers, a lot of the, some of the legends in the sport out. So sometimes you'll see Jeff Jacobs uh, taking out some laps there. And you can tell it's him right away. It doesn't matter what he's on. He can pick his style. Sometimes Victor will show up. And um, there's no missing his style either. It's just yep. still phenomenal after all these years. So, yeah. World champions yeah. are made there, man. Yeah, sounds like <laughs> it. When, when uh, Jacobs rides there, does he ride a 550? Or is he on a new boat? He's on something different every he, time. Yeah, he's, a, <laughs> he? he's been – I've been seeing him on a 1500 here and there. Oh, uh, wow. Cowie 1500. But every now and then he'll get on a 550 and it's like – you know, to like you and I, it's like such a treat to see, you know, yeah. Because, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we've all lost some of our skills because we're not on the ski very much anymore, you know, but uh, yep. you can still tell that he, he rips. He's just natural. So. Oh, I'm sure. It's just like riding a bike, you know, it's like, you just don't, don't forget. I mean, yep. I jumped off, jumped on a ski after being on off one for 10 years and it was like nothing. Hmm. I didn't, uh, like no time in between. Yeah. So, wow, you yeah. had taken 10 years off from riding? Oh, I've taken a lot of time off, yeah. Dude, yeah. Brian, that was a long time ago. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, my title started in 1993. So, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I had a great career, but uh, I didn't get back into it until later. So, yeah. And I'm glad I, that I came back because it was really good for me to, you know, find my passion again. Yeah. yeah. Probably have like a renewed respect for it now, right? Oh yeah, I've always had respect for it. I just I think I got I you know, not only I kinda of lost myself there for a few years, but I also got really burned out, you know. Mm-hmm. I, that's all I did for so long. So when I came back it was definitely uh, a refresher and um so awesome just to be back in my norm, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, to me it's it's home, you know. Standing on a jet ski is just like it's it's my happy place, you know, it's good. It's just like standing on a surfboard. It's right there with it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's before I want to ask just like a couple of really simple questions before we sign off. But one thing that I would like to hear from you guys is 
just that like why do you ride why do you not not even racing necessarily but why do you ride because i know for me personally just like you said tara like i love just the feeling of being out there on the water it's so relaxing even when you're going as fast as you can it's still relaxing and it's almost therapeutic but that's me and i know everybody has their own reason why they ride but I'd, i'd like to hear that from you guys well that's the one thing that i have never known not to do you know so it's been your passion yeah it's just been with me ever since i was a little girl you know yeah so so what kind of feelings do you get like when you like you have a really good training session or a really good or you make a really good move on on somebody you know when you kind of just want to like just scream like a rush yeah yeah it's (laughs) almost yeah it is a rush it makes me just want to like scream after like i hit like we'll say 10 laps just full speed non-stop just you know even just 10 laps makes me feel like I'm ready to take a nap. Like I feel okay to take a nap, you know, like Like, it's accomplished, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, after a good day of training or riding or just the corner perfect. And Mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, it's like, Oh, that made my entire week. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's just our passion. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And just that, like, I, I like the exhaustion that you feel after a day of riding too. Just being out in the For sun sure. and in the water, it just mm-hmm. feels good. Yep. All right. Yeah. So I have a couple, or I have three questions. Same questions I asked Victor Sheldon. I wonder if you guys could ever uh, guess his answers to this, I guess. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to ask him. And then once we're done with this, then we'll be done with the show. Sound good? Sure. All right. So first question for both of you guys, your favorite race boat. This could be one you're using now, your favorite one that you've ever ridden on. Um, I'll dive, I'll dive in the first. So probably out of all the race skis that I, I have actually competed on, um, I'd have to bring it back to old school to the to the super jet to not the mod but the super stock because it's a little bit more timid and my mod I never had enough time on, but um, I hold some of my most cherished memories racing in the men's class. Yeah. In the super stock in the in the mod class on that ski, and it was lightweight, and it was a feather throttle, and you could, you know, put it anywhere you wanted it. To where compared to now, the skis are bigger and heavier, and there's not much finesse that you can do in the air. You know, like super jet, you can actually pull up, kind of twist, and land it right where you wanted it, and that's a lot harder to do on bigger skis now. So mm-hmm. I have to take it back old school a little bit and say the super jet for sure. I've yeah. never ridden a super jet before. Are they? How do they compare to the 750s, the Cowies? Uh, they're a little bit smaller. I mean, it's the same size category, just a little bit smaller and a little bit more bottom end than the 750s, is what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and was never much of a ripper on a 750 because I was sponsored by Yamaha. So, yeah. um, same, same, same category, you know, full two strokes, and we just modify the crap out of them so, you know, so they feel feather light. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but now I've been riding the V3 a little bit with a with a two-stroke in it, a, a Bullet V3, and it's been a lot of fun. They're all fun skis. All these aftermarket, the Pro Force, the GP1, the Commander Hole, they are all awesome. So oh, to sure. say to pick one, I can't really pick one. I'd want one for I want one of each. That's yeah. what I want. I want it <laughs> <Yeah>. all. <laughs> so yeah, how about you? For me, my favorite race ski ever is my 800 SXR, hands down. There's nothing that could, you know, take me away from that because 
I won my title on it. First of all, my first one. And I just rip on that thing. I could yeah. pull it in any direction, how, however far I want to put it in the water. I can put it, you know, just wherever I want it, it will go. And especially with the carbon fiber hood that I have on it, it's just, it's, I'm in love with it. But <laughs> if I were to pick a ski that I would want to race in the future would definitely be the V4. Um, okay. Yes, because really? I can maneuver choice. it yeah. just like my 800. It's a little bit bigger, but I can still maneuver it. And it's just fast as heck, man. Yeah. So that's the definitely my dream ski. So definitely the, the speed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're crazy they're, fast. They're all, all, the, all those guys that are making action like a whole are just at the top of their game right yeah. now. Like there's no, there's, I mean, it depends on who's riding it, but yeah, the V4 is definitely good. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I would love to ride any one of those. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Next one. And I'm going to make it so you can't say body beach on this one but your favorite place to ride other than body beach, not necessarily Oceanside. race, just ride. <laughs> Oceanside, hands down Oceanside. Okay. Is the, my, that's where I like all my cherished surf riding memories. So we used to uh, go out with the jet pilot crew a lot there right at Oceanside Harbor and uh, go riding in front of uh, Camp Pendleton a lot. So that was oh, okay. my favorite place other than <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, surf all the way. Yeah. Cool. Um, I agree. The Daytona Beach, Florida. That was when I first went there, I was terrified of the ocean and I left having it my favorite place in the world. So I was terrified of the ocean, you know, hmm. things that are like bigger than me and whatnot. But oh, of yeah, what's in I the left, ocean? Yes. So, okay. but I left Daytona Beach, Florida. Like I want to go back tomorrow. Hmm. So yeah. I fell yeah. in love with the surf for sure. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Next one. Toughest competitor to race against for me it was back in the day it would be christy carlson just because she brought me to a level that i didn't think i could well not that i she brought she forced me to get to that level at at, at one point in my life like i was either going to be a pro athlete or i was going to go home and get a job and i did not want I did not want to select B. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be a racer and um, she pushed me with, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm sure that wasn't her intention, but <laughs> I wanted so bad to be the world champion. So I knew what I had to do. And, um, you know, I had everything working against me at the time because I didn't have the sponsorships. I didn't have the, you know, so it was all that much more rewarding when it finally happened. So a lot of hard work for sure. But, um, there's been a lot of really good competitors over the years, but um, yeah. And now I get to see all the young girls come up and trust me, I they got game. I mean, hmm. this girl has got game when yeah. I saw her first ride and now I'm, you know, but it's different now that I'm older. I'm not like Christy, but I'm like, now that I, I can't lose her on the track, I'm like, I, it's like so exciting. It's, hmm. like, it's not a fear of uh, like having somebody trying to take something from you. Yep. You know, because it's, that's not really where I'm at, you mm -hmm. know, because, you know, I don't, it's not the same situation, but yeah, it's so cool to see these girls just come up and, um, and they give me a run for my money. And now they're just like, she could smoke me on a 1500. Hmm. Well, not quite, but she's just, I'm pretty much like, yeah, yeah. She's phenomenal. 
That's and that, cool. that makes it more fun to train with her too, because then you don't have to worry uh, about it's so all that other exciting. stuff. It's like, it's like, a, like as a parent, it's like a parent perspective. Like you yep. get so excited for them because you know what it takes and you know all the work that they're putting into it and you know how like rewarding it is for them. So it's really cool. Hmm. Yeah. Stevie, what about you? Lucy Gadsby. Oh, I yes. am at her throat. Yes. It is crazy. We have been at each other's throats for years. I am yeah. not kidding you because <laughs> I took the title from her in the lights class uh, in 2018, but she just came back and kicked my butt like <laughs> times 10. Yeah. So we're, she is definitely my biggest competitor by far, yeah. by cool. far. I, I do have to say she's one of the most uh, nationally gifted uh, yeah, overseas for sure. She just turned. She me in Thailand. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. And Where is this, she from? She just turned 15 years old. Really? She just wow. turned 15 years old. She's taller than I am. She's <laughs> just. She's crazy. I'm five seven. Like that's really tall for a 15 year old. <laughs> and tall <laughs> for tall for a jet skier, honestly. Yes. She's from England. Yeah. Yeah. England. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. How is that being a female in a seemingly male dominated sport? It's not a male dominated sport. <laughs> Good. What do you mean? Uh, when you texted <laughs> me that on email, I was like, oh, he's going to, he's going to get attacked <laughs> on the on Good. camera. Go for it. <laughs> it is not a male dominated sport. We have, we've got a lot of ladies just in Havasu. You know, there's so many girls from around the world that will kick these guys butts. You know what I mean? Awesome. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it would in fair opportunity on equal equipment and all yeah. that. Yeah, we can definitely uh, hold our own yeah. against against most most of them. Not all of them. Some are in the league of the yes. for sure. Yeah. But um, the mots and for stuff. the general or for the majority of the men, yeah, there's no doubt that uh, we got just as much game. Yeah. What What do you think um, that is? Do you think there's something about females that? something about you that makes gives you a slight advantage over them racing wise exactly we're yes. females we've yeah. got these like crazy hormones that when 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 when, <laughs> when we're like competitive we're like we're not gonna stop until we get what we want you know yeah. what i mean get out. yeah I we're needy get out. <laughs> <laughs> then uh just let the all hang out yes like, yeah. i remember being in the best class and these guys would override they would just override and i would just keep it cool and ride as hard and and um you know put all my concentration into making everything perfect and i think you see that in any sport with uh you know with female with female athletes so they, they actually put a little bit more thought into how they're gonna maybe sometimes slower is faster kind of perspective you know but uh yeah they concentrate and making everything perfect and closing the door everywhere so I completely that makes us a little bit you know, it makes it more difficult for them because a lot of those riders are just going balls to the wall and gotta go fast, like, gotta go fast, yeah, gotta go fast, gotta it go. It looks fast. great. Yeah, yep. it looks great <laughs> on the beach, but guess what? You know, 
you know, the smarter writer is always going to win. Not that I we're smart. Completely writers, agree. But, uh, yeah, maybe you just put a little bit more thought into it. Different thought pattern. Well, that was me, the the balls to the wall person who went as fast as I could, <laughs> and I'd wipe out as soon as I got tired or anything. So I need a little but bit more okay. of that smartness when <laughs> we I love race. That. Yeah. yeah, we love it. That's so, a great. That's a great race. Yeah, it, yeah. So. That's that's awesome though. I mean, like you said, I don't I don't see why why it would be any different if you're if you're on equal skis as everyone else in the race. You should be at just as much of a competitive advantage as as they would be as a guy would be so i I guess when i asked about a male dominated sport i'm thinking about when i was younger it seemed like tara other than i'm trying to think there was another female that that. there's there was another female that raced i think with you on the riva team maybe no i thought there was one other one no No, there was corinne patrell and she was an amazing runabout rider Oh, and, uh, that's who it was. Okay. Yes, girl, yes, yes. That's right. She she did she raced against the men in that, and I, I raced against the men in the in the stand up division. So we're the the two that you know went out on the win and decided yeah. to try. Yeah, because back then, I mean, there was very few females that were that I remember racing, and I'm glad that yeah. it's changed so much yeah. now because it should. There's no reason why it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, now the skis are really fast, so we do need some more muscle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hit the gym more now, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have, guys. Is there anything you want to talk about before we go? Like any uh, shout outs about websites or I don't know, anything? Well, I know. Are you st- still working with C57? What's going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Help dialing in your skis for the for World Files? Um, well, not. Not really. I mean, we got, we painted my 1500, but that's about it. We kept the the build on it from the Marcon just because mm-hmm. it's, it's badass like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've just all been kind of taking a break. Everybody's just kind of, you know, just waiting it out, waiting for the next race and when yeah. to start like thinking about getting ready. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think everybody's kind of on that mentality and, and other than a few people, but. So as far as sponsorship goes, going into 2020, um, kind of a little bit more laid back for the season, but. Yeah. So C57, Jet Tram, Jet Pilot, um, some solutions, glass tinning. Mm-hmm. Um, C57 is definitely on the, t- oh, Gasket Tech uh, or Cometic Gasket. Can't forget them. Okay. She's got awesome. a lot of friends and uh, family and supporters. Yep. Yeah, that's huge. You definitely need that because, like we talked about, was, it's not easy. I'm in the newly uh, edition of Pro, Pro Rider Magazine on the first page when you flip nice. it open on C57. Awesome. Yeah, Congrats. I think it's pretty dope. Yeah, Thanks. that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, Brian, you got anything else for us? No, that's nice it. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to yeah, meet you guys too. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Yeah, thank you, thank you for doing this. <laughs> <laughs>